0: Hey there, welcome to season number three, episode number 26 of Sports Fellowship with Fox and Frank. I'm Dan Fox, and that is not Frank Knight over there. Tonight, we bring you a very special episode of Sports Fellowship with Fox and Frank, minus the Frank. But in order to replace the Frank, we've invited along three special guests that I think you're going to really enjoy and love listening to tonight. First, on my left, is our intrepid golf correspondent from down in Virginia, none other than the Joshua Hooks.
1: Good to be here, guys. I'm sad that Frank is not here, but I'm, I'm glad to be here. This is my third time, by the way, on the podcast, so I, I'm i kind of a regular.
0: Well, you ought to be more of a regular with more golf reports. Well,
1: this is my third time on the podcast. And this is the third season, so I'm like a a once-a-season type of guy.
0: It ought to be more than that. To my right, to my direct right, is none other than the Papa Bear of the Hooks Clan, that being the ever-aware and ever-available Jerry Hooks.
2: Well, thank you Mr. Fox for inviting me on your podcast, which I've asked several times and been denied. I'm already agree- already making stuff up. I've already agreed to come and do this. My attorneys have allowed me the privilege of meeting with you guys and giving my opinion, which I think very highly of my opinions, and I think everybody here would agree what I will say tonight will be the most effective, the most intelligent
0: Statements ever made on a podcast. All right. Then to Derry's direct right is the youngest person to be on our podcast so far. Uh, None other than Rusty. Hooks, Josh's son, Rusty, is here with us. Uh, For those of you who may or may not remember, when we talk about uh, fantasy football, and yes, we know Frank likes to talk about his team when his team is good or when they're winning. Frank can't stop talking about his team. Congratulations, Frank.
1: So I think this is the first time Frank's actually been able to talk about fantasy football.
0: Yes. Um, We have referred, in a somewhat negative way, to Rusty and his trade offers and the way he likes to try to play me like a violin to get him to, try, to, to trade with him uh, because he, he'll give me the sad puppy dog and tell me how he needs my help and all this stuff. And then when I trade with him, then he, he turns around and like laughs in my face when I do uh, fall for his, his puppy dog and actually uh, feel sorry for him. And then I trade with them, and then he turns around and laughs in my face.
3: Yeah, um, thanks for that amazing introduction. It seemed like you guys had introductions planned, and I really was not ready for this. Just going to wing it today. And um, thanks for Mac Jones this year to film for my quarterback.
0: I guess you're welcome. Anyway, so a little roadmap for where we're going tonight, because I know that you're all so waiting with bated breath. We are going to have an in-depth... Discussion about the ACC conference tournament uh, in basketball this year and what happened in the ACC um, and how that all worked out. Rusty is going to give us an update on what's happening in the SEC and what's happened so far in the SEC tournament. And and this is their postseason championship for the conference. And then we're going to take a little glimpse and we're going to talk about some teams that we think are going to be dangerous in the field of 68 coming up, which should begin next weekend, next Thursday. Here we're recording this on Saturday night, uh, March 12th, and next Thursday should be the tip-off of the NCAA uh, tournament. Well, technically it'll be Tuesday and Wednesday will be the technical tip-off, but the actual 64 teams start playing on Thursday, Thursday afternoon. So we have a lot to, get to talk about there in terms of college basketball. We do want to talk about the fact that there has been a breakthrough. There has been a breakthrough. Sanity is raining, at least a little bit. Baseball is going to happen. So Josh is going to give us a preview of his Washington Nationals and what he can look forward to at the Washington Nationals this year in the summer of 2022 and what they're going to do and how exciting that is. Then we're going to talk about about football, the NFL, and we're going to talk about what's going on there. And there's been some trades and some moves made here recently, and we're going to talk about what they were and then how they're going to impact the league. Josh has a special segment for us. Uh, on the NFL. And I want to get Josh and Jerry's perspective specifically about the big move that the Washington Commandos uh, made. That would be Commanders. Oh, did I say that wrong? Yes, you did. I'm sorry.
3: HTTR. You need to go back Um, to There is no
0: R. That team doesn't exist.
1: HTTC?
0: Yes.
3: Hail Hail to to the the
1: commanders. Commanders.
0: The Commies, yeah. So... (laughs) <laughs> that would be Commander. The Washington Commies. So, anyway, then I'd like to get their opinion on what the with their team they project to look like. Hopefully they'll be realistic and not just give us, we're going to go 17-0 and, and we're going to win it all. We're going to win the Super Bowl. I'd like them to be somewhat realistic. That is realistic. Very realistic.
3: Wow. Really no excuses to go anything under 17-0. and 0. And
0: then, believe it or not, audience, Josh is going to give us... A golf update. We're going to hear about golf and more than just the scenery. Exciting! I'm ready. And then we also do have a uh, we do have a report on the state of soccer. We have a soccer report coming our way. First, I want to ask. We're going to break into college basketball right now. And Jerry, I want to ask. Could you in a in a, a short give me a short summary? Uh, Just a snapshot of UVA's season. University of Virginia, uh, the team in Charlottesville. Tell me about their season.
2: Well, it's very difficult, Mr. Fox, when UVA national champions were two years in a row and most of their team left. And obviously, it's a rebuilding season. And they quite could not gel this year. We think that UVA will... With their recruits will be amazing next year, yeah. and I think that uh, a couple things didn't go their way, but they were right in it till the met North Carolina.
0: UVA is a tough school to recruit to because they do have very high academic standards, and they have a coach who has a system, and so it's really hard because they they don't recruit the one-and-dones. They don't recruit the the big-name high school studs that are going to come for one year to the school and then move on to the NBA. They basically recruit three- and four-year players, and they have to be able to qualify academically and be able to hack it academically at UVA in order to be able to get on the floor. Um, I have a lot of respect for their coach and the system he's won, pretty consistently, but it's one of those things that they they don't seem to be able to win year after year after year. They usually win for a couple years, and then they take a step backward for a couple years, and then they get back. It's almost like they need to rebuild a little, and then they uh, come back. Is that a fair assessment?
2: Yes. I
0: would agree with that. I
1: I can say as as a not a fan of UVA like you are, Dad, that Tony Bennett's style of coaching is boring, and I think the the true superstar that wants to in college basketball is not going to select UVA because of how unimaginative and uncreative the offense is. He's a defensive coach, and he coaches defense really well. They always have a good defensive team, but UVA always struggles offensively, and it's because of the fact that the, the true superstar, the one-and-done players that, that you're talking about... Just don't want to go there because of the the offense and the way that they slow everything up and they wait till the end of the shot clock to take a shot. It's just one; it's boring to watch.
2: But two, it's uh, they're just just hard to recruit that. So I I would like to interject a thought here, Mr. Hooks. Uh, Was the national championship two years in a row? Was that boring?
1: I'm not exactly sure why you say two years in a row. They won one time. Because they didn't (laughs) have a tournament. They didn't have have a tournament the the next year. Well, I don't see 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 how how that...
2: If you knew your basketball, you would know they're (laughs) national champions two years in a row. I mean, they won
1: a national championship, and then they they didn't have a national national championship. They were not declared declared the national championship. Absolutely. Check your history.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Do you consider 13 points and a half...
1: Yeah,
2: there was one oh, half this should. year. There was one half this year. They scored thirteen total points. We were saying that we did have some issues this year. That was not, yeah, scoring the my, basketball. That's a big issue. My my question, that's kind gentlemen.
0: Of the
3: point of the game. So.
0: My question, gentlemen. Do you think UVA is pretty much a lock to make the uh, NCAA tournament? Absolutely no. not.
3: They are not in the tournament.
1: ACC is down in general this year. Um, most ACC teams. I, I don't think they're going to have like most years where they. What do they normally get? Like eight teams in the in the big <coughs> dance? I, I don't
0: think that's going to happen this they year. They only have six.
3: Yeah, they've gone down.
0: So, so would you far. say they're on the bubble or they're definitely out? out. They're I would out. say
2: UBA is out. 200% out. You can Done. only have
0: 100%. No, they're 200% out. No, you can only have 100%. Okay, so snapshot on the ACC as a basketball conference.
1: I think. Uh, For years and years and years, they were the perennial powerhouse. ACC was synonymous with basketball, and and typically you would have an ACC team for sure in the Final Four, in the National Championship. Number one seeds. Number one seeds, but they are down this year. There's no great teams. There are several decent to good teams, Uh, but I think the SEC Conference, uh, the Big Ten, some of those conferences have really kind of risen and sort of.
0: The Pac 12.
1: Yeah, Pac 12. I mean, have even, you know, out, outshined what the ACC is.
3: Are you saying the number four ranked team in college basketball is not a powerhouse this no, I'm, year? I'm talking
1: about the entire conference. Oh, okay. If you're looking at the conference, as a you whole. said they
3: had no stars when they're going to have a number one seed.
1: I mean, Duke is normally a number one seed or something. Uh, Something like that because they are Duke. Well, first of all, there no new
2: number one seeds coming out of ACC this year.
1: If Duke wins the ACC championship, they'll be a number one seed just because they're Duke. Well, I would disagree. But right now they're losing by three in the ACC championship game to Virginia Tech.
3: Go Hokies.
0: Uh, Rusty, you were talking earlier tonight about the SEC as a conference in basketball. So tell me more about that.
3: Uh, the SEC has really just... Taken over basketball this year, they had Auburn at a one seed some point this year, and Tennessee, late in the year, has really just gone on a win streak, and now they're in the SEC championship game. I have a good feeling that one of those teams from the SEC will win it all this year.
0: So you're you're saying it's going to come down to Auburn, Tennessee, and who? Arkansas. And Arkansas.
3: They're winning it all this year.
0: Okay. Uh, What about uh, Baylor? Do you think Baylor is going to get healthy in time and be able to gel together enough to make a serious run in the tournament at repeating?
3: Baylor has their best player not playing for the rest of the year. They play amazing defense.
0: I heard that he might be able to be back for the tournament.
3: Yeah, he's not coming back. He's just getting ready for the NBA. That's my opinion. And Baylor, they just – I think that if they make it to the finals, they'll win because they just play – Such crazy, ultra-aggressive defense, and they won't call fouls the final game. But they just need the offensive help that won't be there consistently.
1: So, Smiley, do you remember Louisville and Coach Rick Pitino, how he coached defense? Absolutely. It was full-court, man-to-man. It was was traps. It was traps. It was harass the ball handler. It's okay if you foul because we're 12 deep. That's how Baylor plays. Baylor plays ultra-aggressive, full-court, man-to-man. And it is very challenging when they are at full strength to, with incredible to, to, athleticism. To yeah, to, and they're tall, and they're long, and they're lanky. Uh, so Baylor, if they are healthy, I, I do have my doubts that their their yeah. best player will come back and play. Um, but if he does, they are fully healthy. They are going to be a very good team, just
0: because they can
1: just out defense everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. What are your, what are your thoughts on Gonzaga?
3: Overrated. <laughs>
0: Okay. I,
1: yeah, I I have the same opinion. Uh, I think Gonzaga is always overrated because of the conference that they play in, um, and they've actually had some struggles even against their conference.
0: Well, against one team in their conference. what is it? Santa Clara. It's, no, it's Saint Mary's. Saint Mary's.
1: Saint, well, then they lost to uh, Saint Saint Mary's.
3: They lost to the Saint Mary's, which is a top twenty-five ranked team.
0: But then they beat them. Uh, <laughs> they beat them at home, and they beat them in the tournament in in their conference tournament.
3: Gonzaga will not make it to the elite8.
0: Wow that's a big statement because I know a lot of people have them penciled in to at least make it to the final four well, I, even without looking at brackets.
1: I always think it's hard because Gonzaga typically doesn't get challenged in their conference so then when they come to the you know the the, final, the 64 team you know March Madness bracket, then they have any type of adversity they haven't had to deal with that during the season. They have, in recent years, played better out-of-conference games, uh, but typically they you know, they, they just struggle whenever they get into adversity because they haven't had to deal with that very much.
0: What about Providence and Villanova coming out of the Big East? What about them? Yeah. I mean, Providence was a really good team this year. <laughs> uh, I, I, don't, I don't
1: think the Big East is a very good it's that, as good as the good Atlantic
0: song. Wah, wah. What about Wisconsin coming out of the Big Ten?
2: Wah, wah, Wisconsin has a shot. I think they'll surprise you in the tournament.
0: I mean, I think that Michigan proved themselves to be overrated. Illinois has got the talent, but they didn't seem to really show it, in it with any consistency in in the regular season in the Big Ten. Who else in the Big Ten really has something?
1: Well, Michigan definitely does not. The, they they weren't. Okay, team, but uh, I don't. I don't think there were anything specials.
0: I mean, Ohio State didn't have a very good year.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think there was. I can't think of anybody else that was really,
0: you know, exceptional
1: in the Big Ten. Purdue. Oh, Purdue. Purdue was okay. Wisconsin. You know.
0: I think Wisconsin's the class of that conference. Yeah, that
1: conference for sure.
3: I would say Purdue is. They are the most talented offensive team. In college basketball.
1: In all of college
3: basketball? They have one amazing guard, and they have like a 7-3 center who's just unguardable. I would say if they could sharp their defense, that they would have a good chance on making a deep run this year.
0: All right. So does anybody else have any other things about – College basketball, what about our boys at LU? Do they even have a shot at getting an an outright bid?
1: Well, so Liberty uh, came out and announced that they, to answer your question, no, they're not going to get an outright bid. Uh, They would have had to have won the Atlantic Sun Conference, uh, you know, qualify. But then their coach did something, I don't even know if you know this, Smiley, but he came out and said that they're basically not going to play uh, in – you know, any, 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 any playoffs, any, anything. Cause they, they kind of know they're not getting an outright bid. So they're basically saying, look, we don't want to play in any other tournaments.
0: There's usually two or three other, uh, the other, con- uh, tournaments besides the official NCAA tournament, the biggest of which is the, what's called the NIT, the national invitation tournament that takes place in New York city. Um, and, Jerry, you had some pretty strong feelings about Liberty's decision to not play in any of these postseason conferences a couple days ago.
2: Yeah, they've already been offered two lower-tier tournaments, and Liberty turned them down. And I feel like it was a big mistake, even as an alumni of Liberty. Anytime you get a chance to improve and get better, if uh, Coach K, McKay, whatever his name is, if he would – Mm-hmm. rethink his position uh, to go to a tournament. Uh, if he wants to show people how good Liberty is, they go and they win the lesser tournament so they would be better for the next season. And I just think it was a poor decision. I think it's a sore loser decision in my opinion. Amen. Well, they did, they did lose to the eventual A-Sun champions, Bellarmie.
1: And the interesting thing about Bellarmie is they can't even attend the, the tournament. So the, the team that they lost to in the finals, is it
2: Jacksonville or Jacksonville,
1: Jacksonville. State? Jacksonville.
2: Jacksonville. They actually get to go to the big dance. Which I think is really... After losing. I think that's a poor planning on whoever does that because I don't think anybody should be allowed to play if they can't go any further. Well, in the, the, regular, in the
0: regular season, Liberty Bo- beat both Bellamy and Jackson twice in the regular season.
1: Yes, Li- Liberty University, um, they... They struggled with depending on one guy for offense too much. Darius McGee, I think he ended up being the leading scorer in all of NCAA basketball, Division I basketball, for the regular season. And he's an exceptional player, but he, I think Liberty was just too dependent on him to score for them all the time. And they ran offense, it seemed, for him, and if it didn't work out, he was just kind of creating on his own. And so that's really uh, what hurt them in the playoffs. Uh, Rusty and I went to the Lipscomb game, and they almost lost that game to even get to Bellarmie, um because they were just so dependent on his offense for almost everything.
0: Rusty, your thoughts? LU basketball?
3: Uh, they just took way too many threes. And if they, missed a, if they weren't on that one night, they were an automatic loss. Darius McGee... Amazing talent. He's five nine though. They put a tall athletic defender on him. He's got nothing. So
1: well the interesting thing in the Lipscomb game, we went to the Lipscomb game and the first half, they were probably two for eighteen from the three-point range. They were a bigger team than Lipscomb except for one guy, but the one guy got into foul trouble when he was out they were the bigger team. They should have gone inside over and over and over again, and they just kept jacking up threes, and they were missing them. So I thought, well, they're going to go into the half, they're going to regroup, and they're going to be like, all right, guys, we need to really work something inside. They came out, the first two possessions of the second half were plays ran to shoot threes, and they missed them both. And I thought, well, if that's the strategy that Liberty's going with, if they're off shooting, they're going to lose you know, some of these games and then they end up losing the Bellarmine when they, I think they had what an eight to 10 point lead at one time in the game.
0: Just to to, to wrap up college basketball at this point, remember the NCAA tournament starts Thursday. This podcast probably going to be up on Tuesday. We want to, we want to let you know that we are having our second annual uh, NCAA tournament bracket challenge. Uh, I don't know why Rich, Rich is shaking his head.
3: How much
0: is it going to be again? If anyone out there can produce a perfect bracket, a 100% perfect bracket, will win $10,000 cash. No, no, no. It's not $10,000 cash,
3: it's $10,000 of Dan Fox cash.
0: Okay, it's $10,000. I I have a a question.
1: Warren Buffett puts up, what, a billion dollars? You're only putting up 10 grand? What is up with that? Warren Buffett puts up
0: a million. He doesn't put up a billion.
1: It's a billion. It's a billion. It's, a billion. it's the
0: billion dollar okay, well bracket then go, challenge. Then go play Warren Buffett's.
1: Okay. One. I'm going <laughs> to play Warren Buffett's okay, but I, If I if I get a if I get a perfect bracket, I want Warren Buffett's billion, and I want a little more
2: than ten
0: grand from Dan Fox. Well, then don't play Dan no, Fox's come bracket on. challenge. I
2: want well, a billion I, and ten thousand. Okay, I have a question here. I have a question. Is this funny money from Dan Fox, or is this real money? Is this is this real, real money? cash, real money. Okay, so I'm only. I'm down with that. Because he didn't say when you have to fill your bracket in, so I'm down. Well,
0: again, you didn't listen to the entire commercial yet, so just dial that down. I have a question. What?
3: If I don't get a perfect bracket, but I still have the best bracket that I send you, what's the prize money there? Again,
0: if you just let me finish the commercial, all right. all, right. all these questions will be answered. <laughs> well, why'd you let
3: us comment on it before yeah, you,
0: yeah, finished? you just, Oh you I, the, inter- I interrupted. That was the problem. I interrupted. I Wow. Kick him out. Okay, so the sports fellowship with Fox and Frank, the second annual NCAA tournament bracket challenge. Your bracket. You, if you fill out a bracket, <clears throat> take a picture of your bracket with your smartphone, and then email your bracket to sportswithfoxandfrank at gmail.com. That's sportswithfoxandfrank at gmail.com. So you take a. you fill out a bracket? Take a picture of the bracket, or if you're if you're doing an online bracket, you can take a screenshot of it and email the screenshot, or you can just email it to us. Um, the same way you submit it, you can email you can email that to us too, um, and email it to sportswithfoxandfrank at gmail.com. A perfect bracket gets ten thousand dollars cash of Dan Fox's money. The brackets only must-
3: ten thousand. <laughs>
2: I
0: think that's. I think
3: that. Do.
2: I think it's going to be edited. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> the brackets must be submitted by by midnight on Wednesday, which is March sixteenth. Uh, March sixteenth, Wednesday, by midnight. The brackets must be submitted in order to to qualify. If your bracket is not in, if you try to fill it out after the fact and submit it, it will be disqualified. Midnight, Wednesday, March 16th is the deadline to have your bracket in. <clears throat> the bracket w- that gets the most games right, Rusty, to answer your question, because I don't believe my my $10,000 is really at that much risk. But just in case, I don't want to risk more than $10,000. Wins a fifty-dollar gift card of your choice. So whoever has whoever has the best bracket with the most correct selections wins a fifty-dollar gift card of your choice.
3: So I'm getting ten thousand fifty dollars. Ten thousand and five.
1: One billion.
0: One billion from One, Warren Buffett. Okay. T- $10,050. dollars.
1: All right. Where's Frank in on this? I mean, franks you know, he said on the podcast he's selling his house. He's got to have some discretionary income now. I think
3: he should be putting into this I think pot. he should put in 10000 as well.
0: Well, you'll have to ask Frank about that. Again, you can email uh, Frank and ask him that at sportswithfoxandfrank at gmail.com. That's
1: a
2: great plug on f- the email address I there. forgot. Who won the 10000 last year? No one. Oh, okay. Who won the $50 gift card?
0: That was won by one Aaron Geikema.
2: If
3: you pay attention to the podcast, you know.
0: Is that the Detroit Lions, <laughs> it Aaron? It is. The okay. Detroit Lions. Shout out Aaron and Shauna Geikema and Victor and Agata.
3: So how do
1: they feel with Matthew Stafford winning the Super Bowl for the Rams? Do they feel like Matthew Stafford is like our guy, so we're supporting him? Or they are like, man, I wish you would have done a little bit better in Detroit? No, they're
0: very much supporting him okay. and, and appreciative and thankful for him. Um, and thanking, and they are very happy for him and his wife and their celebration uh, f- from all the years of futility and toil in Detroit. Well, he
1: seems like a likable guy, so, so they I can, weren't I can understand sour that. and uh,
3: playing Tetris during the football in the Super Bowl.
0: Why would anyone be sour and play Tetris during the Super Bowl?
2: Well, Josh, the one thing you failed to mention about Detroit Lions with Stafford is that there was no Lion. I mean, he got killed. Almost every game, so that's probably one of the reasons he didn't perform very well. How many Detroit Lion games did you ever watch? <laughs> what are I, you talking about? Just, just check the,
1: fa- the fact. Look, I feel bad I feel bad for the Aaron and Shawna because
2: the Detroit Lions, like they're never gonna be a winning franchise. Well, and never
0: say never. Well, the and
2: never say how many games I've watched. I've watched several Stafford Detroit Lions I mean, games. I mean, they've been in the NFL for a day, long time. I <laughs>
0: <Every
2: NFL day. laughs>
0: okay, I, I well,
1: remember you taking a lot of naps on uh, Thanksgiving Day during that football game. Yeah.
0: At this point, we are going to transition over to Major League Baseball. Woo-hoo! So. Something to think about and talk about here is the is the other day Major League Baseball and the, and the Players Association finally brokered were able to broker a deal, and they were able to end the lockout once and for all and and agree on a collective bargaining agreement. So right now there's going to be a flurry and a frenzy of free agent signings and potential trades in order to um, get t- have teams get ready for. Uh, for the opening of the season the season going to open on april 12th april 12th is going to be opening day and it's going to be exciting and it's going to be a sprint there's going to be 162 games there's going to be double headers to make up the games that had been canceled uh, one interesting thing is that there's going to be a universal dh the national league is going to have a dh all season as well as the american league um, so, Josh, what do you think are the ch- possibilities and chances of your Washington Nationals this year?
1: The Washington Nationals, ever since they won the title, when was that? Uh, the World Series in uh, was it 2018? I think it was. They really haven't. They've been a an okay franchise. They had a really down year last year, but I, I think they've been in rebuild mode. I think they won the national championship. Or I mean, they won the World Series course without Bryce Harper that that was the key to get them over the edge they had to get rid of Bryce Harper send him to your Phillies so that he could uh, ruin your payroll and then uh and then they won the World Series but ever since then like they got rid of Rendon they've gotten rid of some of their big name guys um you know Max Serger they 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 Scherzer Max Scherzer. Scherzer. Scherzer Scherzer Look, I just—it's
3: like we are shush, shush, shush. I mean,
1: you knew when he—you knew when uh, Mad Max was going to pitch. You knew you were going to get a W then. But ever since they've gotten rid of him and they've just gotten rid of a lot of their big name pieces, their big uh, name pieces. So I think I think they're really in rebuild mode. So I would say, if I was a guessing, and betting man, they would probably be, you know, somewhere in the middle.
2: Of the, uh, of, of the pack, but they're not going to be anything special. Yeah, I hate to correct you, Josh, but they won the World Series in 2019, not 18. Well, I'm glad you just Googled that. I didn't know exactly what year oh, they did I that. I was there. I was <laughs> you there. You were
1: there.
0: I just think that the, uh, the, the Nationals um, are kind of caught right now in between being a team that is stacked and ready to make a serious run uh, but they're still holding on to a few of their older players from the era where they did win. And so I really don't think they're, they're going to be serious contenders this year. Mind you, neither are my Phillies. My Phillies have too many holes as well.
1: But they have Bryce Harper.
0: Frank is uh, bullish about the moves that the Mets have made. And they've spent a lot of free agent money on especially older players o- thir- over 30 years old. And so we'll see if they hold up over the course of the season. But it is exciting that baseball's back, and it looks like baseball is going to be uh, played, and we're going to get to see um, how that all shakes out. What do you think of your player, uh, Soto, turning down $300 million uh, in a contract, wanting $500 million?
1: Well, I mean, how do you expect the guy to live on $300 million? I mean, goodness gracious, you've got to give him the $500 million. <laughs> No, I, I uh, baseball contracts are just ridiculous, uh, in my opinion. They go for so they have such huge lengths of contracts. Ten year, I think. Didn't Bryce Harper sign like a 13. twelve year, thirteen year deal? Like, there's no way he's going to have that many productive years, uh, and at the salaries that these guys are requesting, it's it's in my opinion just ridiculous. I thought uh, the interesting. A uh, tactic that the Marlins took a couple years ago was to sign him early to a big contract to try to get the longevity out of him. I forget the guy's name that they signed. He ended up going to New York.
0: Carlos Stanton. Yeah,
1: Stanton. He, he was kind of, uh, you know, they tried to sign him early knowing that he was going to be a big superstar, um, you know, hitter and everything. But I just think, uh, you know, MLB, those contracts are, are just ridiculous in
2: length
0: and money for, for these guys. Jerry, do you have any strong opinions about your Nationals this year? Well, first of
2: all, they're not my Nationals. I've always been a Atlanta Braves fan and um, <laughs> to Dale Murphy back in the day. So, uh, yeah, if, if Dr. Fauci throws out the first pitch, they're guaranteed to win the World Series. But as far as Atlanta Braves goes, I think that's going to be the dark horse this year, and I think they'll finally win the uh, World Series. They won the World Series they, last yeah, year. Yeah, they won last like year. Like I said. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll finally win. Boy, you really, you've really been keeping
1: up.
3: <laughs> they're hey, my team. By, by the way, uh, Steve,
1: think, Steve Avery no. doesn't pitch for them anymore either. <laughs> yeah. All right, Greg great, Maddox. Great, I
2: great, know they're all gone, you know, but yeah. I'm saying that. John Smokes is war. gone. I was yeah, trying to gone. say I was always a World Series fan of Atlanta.
1: I have an interesting story <laughs> I'm about again. They won in
3: 2021, just to let you know. I know,
2: back-to-back. That's what I hope, so.
1: So the Atlanta Braves, we have a, a team in Lynchburg called the Lynchburg Hillcats, and they used to be affiliated with the Atlanta Braves. Um, so anyone that's thinking uh, my dad's just a bandwagon Atlanta Braves fan, there is at least some uh, semblance as to why he'd be an Atlanta Braves fan. They're no longer the Lynchburg Hillcats. I think the Lynchburg Hillcats are associated with the Cleveland... Guardian. Yeah. Uh, Guardians the, now. Yeah, but they're still called the Lynchburg Hillcats. The well, Pop- they're still called the Lynchburg Hillcats. Right, they're going to change the name, but they. they but didn't. they're no longer the the team associated hey, with Papa. the Atlanta Braves. Okay.
3: Can you name two of Brave players right now?
2: Current or current back in the current
3: day? current. Actually, let's just go for one. Let's go for one. Can you name one Atlanta Brave right
2: now? I can right actually now. name two: Smith and Jones. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Well. That's going to wrap up our coverage of Major League Baseball. Um, so good luck to everybody. Hope you have a healthy uh, season and your teams play to the best of their I, abilities. Can I
1: ask you a question about baseball? Sure.
0: I know Frank talks about
1: this a lot. He talks about how long the season is and everything. And I know the owners would never do anything because it's just a money grab to keep extending the season. But what would you do? I've heard you talk about you know how baseball has kind of deteriorated. Um, As far as not getting the fans that they want, what would you do to change baseball to try to get, um, you know, some of these younger fans, uh, you know, watching the games again?
0: I think the first thing you have to do is you have to get um, you have to figure out a way to get kids uh, playing the game outside of watching the game outside of like going to the games or watching the games of professionals you got to get kids playing the game again i don't i'm not sure how to do that but so many kids play t-ball little kids and they get they just have a terrible time because it's set up so that every kid gets a chance to hit every kid is out in the field so you end up having like 25 kids in the field and have to go through every kid getting up to that bat every inning and stuff. And they don't keep score and everything. And the kids aren't taught the fundamentals of the game. They're, they're just kind of out there. And they're, there's a lot of sitting down on your glove and kicking uh, kicking uh, flowers and, and stuff out in the outfield and stuff like that. And the kids don't really get to understand that there's a strategy, there's a skill, different skills to different positions and things, and – uh, they just don't. Under, they don't grasp the overall concept of the game.
1: But don't you think that if they fixed Major League Baseball, don't you think kids would see? Hey, I want to be. You know, when I was growing up, you know, I want to be Jose Canseco and I want to hit a home run. If if kids watched baseball, which they're not now, the demographic that's watching baseball, I mean, is like. 50 to 60-year-old men, right? I mean, they're the one. that's the demographic that's currently watching. Well,
0: it's 40 to 60. Oh, I'm, so
1: sorry. Uh... I'm sorry, 40 to 60. But that's, that, that's who's currently watching um, Major League Baseball. And if they would try to get a younger, I know they want a younger demographic to watch so that they can continue to grow the game.
0: I think the answer is simple. I think it's a crying shame that more people don't know who uh, our friend Mr. Trout is. They baseball has done a horrendous job of marketing their stars. You know I mean people know who the the NFL stars are. People especially know who the NBA stars are. And even though the NFL the teams play with helmets on, every, the, the, the stars of the NFL are recognizable just out out to J, Mr. JQ Sports Fan knows what those players look like and stuff like that and can recognize them. Mike Trout is the best current player all around in baseball. And I think personally his only, his only comp, if he continues to play on the trajectory he's at, is Willie Mays. And that's a huge statement for me right there. And, but, but the overwhelming majority of sports fans have no idea who Mike Trout is. Mike Trout could walk down the street and almost no one would recognize him. I doubt that Rusty could pick him out. I think if I set up... I think if I set up... He's about 6'3". He's pretty jacked. Uh, white, white or blonde hair?
3: Yes, no? Maybe so?
0: He's got dark hair.
3: Ah, He's 6'3", though. <clears throat>
1: he's <but>
0: definitely <throat> not 6'3". He's a, yeah. he's a shorter guy. No. Is, is all, the, all, all My statement was if I set up 10 guys, I don't think that uh, Rusty would be able to pick out. I'll bet you $100 Mike, Mike bucks I could. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make he is that. A lot, he walks a lot of sports center highlights, the, he's
3: always in the top 10.
0: The point I'm trying to make is that the average <laughs> sports fan, especially younger sports fan, doesn't know who the stars of baseball are. And I think Major League Baseball has done a terrible job in trying to market their stars. And I think if people saw, I think the last stars that they really marketed was, was Ken Griffey Jr.
1: Well, they, they marketed a lot when they, uh, you know, the Mark yeah. McGuire... Right. Uh, Sammy, Sammy Sosa. Sosa that whole thing Barry Bonds yeah Barry Bonds they did a great job with them
0: um, marketing them and talking about their home run
1: battles and everything else
0: right Ken Griffey Jr. had probably the sweetest swing I've ever seen he had national television commercials and things like that he was in movies right people you know, like knew like rookie of the year right people knew who Ken Griffey Jr. was but what I'm saying is that people don't know who so- who Soto is. People don't know who Mike Trout is. People don't know who a lot of the the frontline top shelf uh, pitchers are. Uh, and to me that's a crying shame that's a that's a dereliction of duty from the commissioner's office and not getting these guys in the public eye and I, I'm sorry, it's his job. market it and I think kids will think the game is cool if they if there was a slick marketing campaign um, that introduced them and showed the guys the showed people these guys incredible talent and ability
2: I'd like to interject a thought here on my analysis of baseball and what you're trying to say here the problem I think is 162 games of baseball versus uh, NFL, basketball. Basketball has quite a few games too. 82 too. Uh, but wow. I think just way too many games and season very too long for keep people's attention. And if you ever watched a baseball game from beginning to end, how boring is baseball? What? Well,
1: I- Yeah, I think that's more of the issue than 162 games. Because 162 games, I mean, you can just kind of pick and choose when you want to watch. Right. But But if you're bored at
2: 50 50 of the games of the 162, I mean, it doesn't matter how many you watch, it's boring. You're not going to finish the game. I think the length of the game is the problem. And I think they should not allow a batter to
1: get out of the batter's box ever once you're in there. I think they should have a pitch clock on the pitcher so they pitch within a certain amount of time. We went to one ball game, a Washington Nationals ball game. There was this pitcher. I don't know. I don't remember who it was, but he pitched so fast. Like, he was just ready. Like, he, was, he got the pitch. He was ready to go. He didn't do a lot of, uh, you know, stretching and he looking. And, you know, and he sets yeah, again. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't any of those, like, three sets waiting. And, uh, you know, and, you know, he pitched fast. And that game went by quickly because he pitched so fast. Uh, the only thing that stalled the game was when the batters, you know, after every pitch, they come out of the batter's box, they readjust their gloves, they do all this garbage. And I think if they, if you get out of the batter's box, you're out. I, you know, try to get these games
2: well, I, I moving. Think, I took my son one time, Josh, to see a Chicago White Sox game. And we literally stayed through seven, seven, seven innings. And it was so boring, nothing happened. Zero runs. And we said, "Well, let's go and make sure we don't get in the Chicago traffic." We get to the uh, parking lot. Boom! Home run, two runs, and the whole game was over by the time we got to the parking lot. And once again, so what you're saying is we should have never left. Well, it was boring. That's why we left, and that's a, that's a problem with baseball. It is boring. Well, well you know I what's th-
3: not boring about baseball? TCS Men's Varsity Baseball. Okay. Anyway, no, no, no,
0: no. <laughs> anyway, the I think some of the adjustments that baseball is talking about making can um, have a positive impact on on the way the game is played. They're talking about outlawing the shift, which I it, I don't agree with it in the grand scheme of things. So I think players should learn how to hit the ball the other way, uh, but. Players aren't doing that, so taking away the shift will put the ball in play more. You will see more offense, more players getting hits, more players moving around on the bases and stuff like that. I think that's going to help. I think a universal DH is going to help because you're not going to have the pitchers in the National League batting anymore, and that's going to take a, a sure out away, and they are talking about instituting a pitch clock for pitchers that will actually have some teeth to it. Um, so it's gonna be it. It's- Anything with the
1: batter's box?
0: No, that's so annoying. When the when Jason Worth was the worst at
1: that, he was a Philly and National. Every single pitch he would get out, and he would adjust himself, and he would <laughs> undo the gloves and put the gloves back on, and you know, grind the bat and get back in. And it was like, oh my goodness, just stay
0: in there and swing.
3: You know where that doesn't happen? TCS men's World okay. <laughs> anyway, so. <clears throat>
0: At this point, we are going to transition, and when we transition, I really usually turn it over to my friend Frank, but my friend Frank isn't here tonight. So if you're in the Lehigh Valley area of Pennsylvania or New Jersey, there's this wonderful company that offers a service that most people could really use. Um, In the day and age we live today, there's all kinds of things and all kinds of stresses and pressures. And one of the things that can help relieve a little bit of those stresses and pressure is to know that you have some peace of mind regarding your home and your loved ones. And Fox Brothers Alarm Services can offer that a little bit of that peace of mind that you're looking for and that they can protect your home. Uh, and against burglary, and they can install burglar alarms and fire alarms to be able to protect uh, protect you, uh, the your belongings that you love for that you love, and the people that you love, and uh, they can help give you that peace of mind that you may be lacking or missing. Then, uh, also, if you're more of the commercial or business route. Uh, looking into needing burglar and fire protection. They also offer access control and they offer uh, video surveillance equipment and things like that. And everything is done professionally. It's all done top shelf, highest quality. They have people available to answer your questions. Real people, not push one for this, push two for that when you call their phone number. It's all real people that that can answer your questions. And a lot of times you can get somebody whose last name is Fox on the phone uh, to be able to help you and answer your questions. And if you want to reach out and contact uh, Fox Brothers Alarm Services, you can do so on their website, which is www.foxbrothersalarms.com. Again, that's www.foxbrothersalarms.com. Or if you would like to use a phone, whether it's your smartphone or if you are still the kind of person that has a landline or something like that, you can call them at 1-800-FOX-BROS. Again, that's one 800 X B R O S. Funny story. My students actually said to me, Mr. Fox, how do you do letters on a phone? <laughs> and I said, come here, little one. And there's a telephone in my classroom. And I said, do you notice there are letters above most of the numbers on the phone? And they said, but what if... Two letters, because there's three letters per number. What if two letters, I said, (laughs) you press that one twice then? So it's 1-800-FOX-BROS. And if you call that number, who do you want to ask for, Josh? Mark. That's right. Got to ask for Mark. You got to ask for my younger brother, Mark Fox, and he will be happy to take care of any and all of your security needs. So, please, uh, Fox Brothers Alarms, we're very thankful for them. We're thankful for them giving us the palatial studio that we normally host the podcast in. But now we're on location down in Virginia for this episode. So, thank you, Fox Brothers. And <clears throat> also want to remind you that we have a Facebook page. Uh, if you go to Facebook and log into Facebook and then go to the, punch into the search engine uh, of Facebook... Uh, Sports Fellowship with Fox and Frank you'll find our Facebook page and there you can hear all of our podcasts are available on the Facebook page and you can see pictures of all of the regulars on the, on the podcast. Frank's there. I'm there. Please don't worry about that but don't get too, too, too afraid. Please make sure it's out of the sight of small children um, so when they see me. Um, and uh, you can see our intrepid sound man Rich is on the Facebook page as well, so uh, we 're thankful for uh, all that and uh, we hope that you 'll check us out on Facebook. We also have a we also have an email address and again, if you want to participate in the if you want to participate in the sport, second annual Sports Fellowship with Fox and Frank Bracket Challenge for the NCAA Tournament, you need to email your bracket to us at sportswithfoxandfrank at gmail.com. Again, that's sportswithfoxandfrank at gmail.com. Rich, do we have any emails today?
3: No emails today.
0: Not even from, you know, the uh, um, one special? No,
3: and I, and I did talk to her. I one, did.
0: One special lady out there, you know? Um, how, you doing? <laughs> How are you
3: doing? Smiley, I'd just like to point out, before you gave that very insightful lesson, I did not know you could put letters into the phone number.
0: 1-800-FOX-BROS. 1-800-FOX-BROS. Ask for Mark. Ask for Mark. Okay, so now that we've transitioned, we want to talk about the NFL. Yeah. How about them Cowboys? Yeah, oh my How about goodness. them Cowboys? The first domino to fall, and the frenzy of moves that took place this past week, was Russell Wilson, Mister Unlimited, being traded from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. Jerry, what do you think about that trade?
2: Well, you know, I'm going to pass to my son Josh. He knows quite a bit about this. Josh, well, I tell you, I tell you what. <laughs> the uh, as a Washington Redskins
0: fan, I was uh, bo- that team does not exist.
1: No, they always exist in my heart. They that, will for always be the Washington team, Redskins. Just
0: for the record, we do not use racial slurs on this podcast. That team does not exist. They are the Washington Commies, the Washington Commandos, or I guess properly the Washington Commanders.
1: Okay, so I was bummed about this because Washington gave Seattle... Supposedly, the reports are it was a much better offer for Russell Wilson than what they actually received from Denver. And we also made it very clear to Russell Wilson through reporting that we were prepared to make him the highest paid NFL player uh, with a contract offer. So it sounds like he knew that information and he kind of talked to uh, Seattle and said, hey, I don't want to go there. So to me, it was a uh, it, it was a bummer because we were really getting our hopes up that uh, we would have Russell Wilson uh, as our quarterback. But uh, I think it's going to be a big loss for Seattle. It looks like they're sort of maybe cleaning house because I think they also got their – they going to release uh, yeah Bobby Wagner already
0: done already done the, yes the linebacker long Out of time there. the last the last two remnants of their Super Bowl team were Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner and now they're, and gone. Now they're both gone. Oh, well,
1: and Pete Carroll, but he's still there, but. I didn't think Pete Carroll would want to go through, like, a rebuild. So I was kind of surprised uh, that he was going along with this uh, this
2: trade. Um, but, yeah, it's, yeah, it's Josh, a bummer for me, yeah, personally. Josh, I was uh, surprised as well, because with uh, Russell being right, you know, going to high school right there in Richmond, Virginia, I would think that he would have wanted to come close to home. Boy, your Google's on fire right now. No, actually,
1: <laughs> I knew that. You knew that he went to Richmond, Virginia. Yes,
0: Rusty. What do you think?
3: Um, I'm pretty thrilled with Carson Wentz going to the Redskins. So okay,
0: we didn't. That's the next move. So I know, let's but not like, jump ahead.
3: I'm not too disappointed with Rusty. Okay, Wilson. so
0: don't call on Rusty. He is. anyway. <laughs> whoa,
3: whoa, whoa. Uh, I'm still talking here.
0: No, no, I'm anyway, talking so, here. So we're not calling on Rusty. So <laughs> then the the second the second the second shoe to drop. In this frenzy of moves, was the Washington Commanders making a trade with the with the Indianapolis Colts for for Carson Wentz? Jerry, what do you think about this trade? I was
2: hoping to get Russell Wilson. I will definitely say that uh, when I was uh, got the information this past week, I thought there was a shot that would have been my first one, Russell Wilson. But I'm it bummed, just like Josh is. As far as uh, the Carson Wentz, yeah, Carson. I met, which I met today, very nice <laughs> man. Okay, you did <laughs> Hey Dad, hey Dad, can you can you name two other people on the Washington S- Redskins Smith team? <laughs> Smith and Jones. Uh, but anyway, I, I think it'll be good. I watched him when he won the uh, Super Bowl, or his backup came in and won it for them. But uh, he seemed to be very good that year with the Eagles. Uh, I know he went to the, I believe, the Colts. That was four years ago. But I did watch it. I didn't say what Okay, year. Hey, congratulations. I, I did watch <laughs> it. And, I, and he got hurt and, and messed his knee up. And then his backup came in and won the Super Bowl. But also he went to the Colts. And obviously I heard from Smiley today he didn't do so well.
3: I mean, he did good. A, in, in
2: case you're wondering here, listeners, so Smiley I, is also Dan. Yes, Mr. Fox. Dan is Dan. Mr. Fox is Smiley. Right, it's the same person.
3: Spoiler alert for the students.
2: Yes. So anyway, I'm. I really think we're going to have a good year. Uh, I, I don't think we'll go 17 and 0. We will make the playoffs, and I believe that we'll win the uh, championship game. Well, you're really season. jumping the gun. Here. And <laughs> did, you, did you not listen to Smiley's order of events? When <laughs> were, I thought, <laughs> the 12th, I thought we we're talking about football. No, we're talking about Carson Wentz's move. <laughs> oh, right. The move. And what, what he's going to produce. Did, did you not want to know what he's going to produce and how it's going to affect the commandos?
0: Josh, go ahead. What do you think about Carson Wentz? He thinks the same thing. <laughs> I, I, say, I I like
1: this. So we didn't give up much for him, right? So we, we, we didn't have to give up that much. We were offering like a crazy amount. I, I think they were saying three first-round picks and then some other things for... Russell Wilson. So we we didn't give up that much for Carson Wentz. He's much better than what we have currently on our roster. I think they're still going to try to draft somebody uh, more than likely. Um, But the quarterback position for the Washington, well, this year they were the Washington football team. The Washington football team this year was very, very below average. Uh, You know, we had a guy, Taylor Heineke, that was starting for us. That I mean, he he was two years ago. uh, You know, he was uh, not even in the NFL. Nobody even wanted him on a practice squad. So, and then maybe
3: Kurt Warner story coming up here with Taylor Heineke.
1: Well, considering uh, the Washington Commanders now uh, had a list of forty-eight quarterbacks they wanted over Taylor Heineke. uh, You know, they they um, yeah. So (laughs) anyway, they they were not high on him. So. I like it.
0: The Washington Commanders gave up a second-round pick and a conditional second-round pick that can turn into a first-round pick in the event that Carson Wentz plays enough snaps. That that second, uh, sec- the twenty twenty-three second-round pick can become a first-round pick. And the um, Indianapolis Colts gave up a first-round pick. Uh, it was a conditional two that became a one. Uh, because of the amount of snaps that Carson Wentz played for them, went to the Eagles. So they may be recovering that first-round pick, Washington. So then the third big shoe to drop. Whoa,
3: whoa, whoa. I don't get to speak about Carson Wentz?
0: No. Then the third big. I,
3: I have my stats, though. I looked this up.
0: The, big, the third big move to m- be made was that the Dallas Cowboys traded their number one receiver, Mari Cooper, from the Dallas Cowboys to the Cleveland Browns. So, um, it doesn't seem like the Browns gave up very much. They gave up a fifth-round pick, and then the team swapped six-round picks uh, for for this uh, trade. Rusty, what's your take on this one?
3: I'd just like to say Carson Wentz.
0: Okay, I didn't <laughs> ask you about Carson Wentz. <laughs> I have my stats. I didn't ask you about Carson Wentz.
3: Um, his stats. I didn't <laughs> ask you about
0: Carson. This is the last time I'm stating this.
3: Okay. Um, I have a no comment on Amari Cooper with the Dallas Cowboys.
0: Again, he's not on the Dallas Cowboys.
3: I have no comment there.
0: Okay, Jerry, what are your, your thoughts on Carson Wentz? I mean, not Carson Wentz, but Amari <gasps> Cooper. We're talking
3: about Carson Wentz?
0: Amari Cooper going to the Cleveland Browns. Dad yeah, Amari Cooper is a wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> he.
2: <laughs> I'm going to pass the Josh. He knows a little <laughs> bit more about this one than I do. I know only about the Redskins. Who don't exist?
1: So it was very obvious that the Dallas Cowboys wanted to get rid of Amari Cooper. Uh, I think the Cleveland Bounds basically didn't have to give up much of anything. He's a very, very good wide receiver. Uh, you know, you, what did
0: they, was it a fifth round pick? Uh, it was a fifth round pick and a sixth round and They they, they sw- swap, swap they six, swapped round six round, round
1: picks. picks. Yeah, so basically a fifth round pick. Uh, they're never going to get a fifth round pick in the draft that's going to be the caliber of an Amari Cooper. Uh, wide receiver. So I think it's a home run for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Dallas did get some cap
0: room relief, right, in that trade? They did. They're $20 million under the cap. Because
1: map. they were they had sort of a cap mess. They were the $2 million
0: over the cap before this trade.
1: Yeah, so I mean, so, you know, I, I guess in, in Dallas' point of view, they're losing a very, very good wide receiver. They're number one wide receiver on the team. Uh, but of course, you know, they don't really have a quarterback that can throw the receiver, so doesn't really matter in the Dallas situation
0: well uh, there was a falling out between Dak Prescott and uh, Amari Cooper there's a bunch of rumors going around about what exactly took place I don't want to deal in rumors but there was clearly a falling out between the two this was basically a salary cap purge on Dallas's part and my argument would be just as my argument always is about the Cowboys lately is that this is a complete and total mismanagement of salary cap and salary cap dollars that they gave him this contract to begin with if he was demanding this kind of money he was not a receiver that was worth this kind of money and 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 he is not a 20 million dollar a year receiver so they should not have given him it and he they should have let him walk Washington supposedly was offering him 22 million a year uh, if he was willing to go there and he they should have let him walk to Washington and um, and they should have taken the comp- they would have gotten a compensatory third round pick for him if they had just let him walk as a as a free agent um, and now they they've messed their cap up even more because they're carrying six million dollars of dead money because of this trade and so it's just complete mismanagement on Dallas's part and this is a salary cap dump. And also an acquiesce to, to Dak Prescott, who doesn't like the fact that another player called him out and actually was trying to hold him accountable for the season he had last season.
1: So as you know, I am not a Dak Prescott fan. I think Dak Prescott is an extremely overrated quarterback. I think you think he's maybe above average, or Frank thinks he's above average. I think he's a below-average quarterback. Do you think Amari Cooper could be a $20 million a year wide receiver if he was paired with
0: a very good quarterback. No, I, I really don't. I don't think Baker is that quarterback either. No, no. I think I think that uh, Amari Cooper is a ten to $15 million a year quarter, uh, wide receiver, especially at this point in his career, because he always seems to get sidelined with little Nick injuries. He did have that
1: big injury, what, two years ago? right? Yeah, yes. he had
0: a big one in the offseason. Right, and so... Because of that, he he, in big spots the last two years for Dallas, he's been off the field when Dallas would need a big, big spot, a big play from a receiver, like on a a critical third down or something like that. More often than not, he was on the sideline. And to me, if you're paying a guy $20 million, he cannot be on the sideline when you need a play.
1: Because I remember the last time I was on this podcast, you were talking about Amari Cooper, and I think your term was – He's the best route running wide receiver in football. He is. Yeah, and a, and a great wide receiver. So I was I, with his better
3: than Michael Thomas.
0: The best ability is availability, and when and if you're paying in a, in the salary cap league, if you're paying someone twenty million dollars, they have to play to the level of that contract. And I don't even I'm not even talking about overall stats, but if I have a critical third and seven, I need him on the field. He has to be on the field and able to play and able to make a difference or at least draw some respect from the defense to be able to open it up for someone else on the field. And Amari Cooper did not do that the last two That's years.
1: why I was curious about your uh, thoughts about that because I, being a great route runner, you think if he's paired with a great quarterback, say he went to Green Bay, like he's not going to, you know, with the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield, he's going to be, you know, Jarvis Landry went there. And he's basically been a, a
2: no nothing wide receiver there. Um, I have a question for Mr. Fox. I understand what you're saying about the Cooper. Now, would you say the same thing about uh, your, your uh, Dallas football quarterback? Is he playing
0: to the level of money that he's making? Oh, no. I never wanted him making $41 million a year. But basically, Dak had a gun to, the, uh, to um, ownership and, and management's head. Uh, because they they bungled and, and, and like, Keystone Cops completely mismanaged and, and messed that whole situation up to put them in a situation where they had to pay him the money that he was demanding. He's not a $41 million-a-year quarterback. So he'd be $10 do you think? No, I million? think he's a, about a – in today's NFL, I think he's about a $30 million quarterback. I was thinking twenty. He is an above-average quarterback. All the statistics bear that out. Um he is an above average, but I'm not saying he's, uh, he, I, in my opinion, he's in the third tier of quarterbacks. There's the top tier that are the, the elite, which in my opinion has about three players in it. Then there's the second tier, which are the really good quarterbacks, which has about five or six quarterbacks in it. And then Dak is in the next tier. I think if you were to rank the quarterbacks in the NFL, he ranks somewhere between eight and 14. The 8th best to the 14th best quarterback in the NFL. I think that's pretty fair. Yes, Rusty.
3: Is Carson Wentz above or below Dak I think Prescott? Carson
0: Wentz is clearly below. I think he's in the same tier, but below Dak.
3: Okay. Okay. Respectable.
0: Jerry? Well, no, I
2: would just... I think you're off base when you think... That cop, whatever his name is, is above average quarterback. He's
0: got got an almost 70% completion percentage. He's thrown for over 4,000 yards the last two years. He's thrown for over 25 touchdowns both years. And how many
2: championship games has he
0: won? None. Okay. But I didn't say he was a superstar. I said he's an above average quarterback. When do you think he'll hit that 40 million status? I don't think he will. So why should they keep him? Because he's under contract for three more years. Yeah, they keep him for a long time. Okay. That's fine.
3: Typically, if you're under contract, they have to keep you. Well, they don't
0: have to, but his contract is almost fully guaranteed for the four years that he's under contract. So
2: you're going to be watching a little above average quarterback for the next three, four years? Right, with
0: no hope of actually winning anything in the playoffs. Or even probably making the playoffs. No, they'll make the playoffs. He's really, really good against like below-average teams. That's where he he makes his hay and puts up a lot of stats. Yeah, so he
2: shines with sub-500 teams. He, correct. Yes. yes. Like,
0: like, yeah, w- when he
2: plays good
1: competition, he looks terrible. When he plays a a, a, Detroit a, a, lo- Lion. a losing record team, he looks like a Hall of Famer.
0: Great. Do you have something to look forward to in the next four years? Well, it's the, the Cowboys' schedule next, next year is the 3rd the, the weakest schedule in the NFL. Uh, just looking at their home and away uh, teams that they're playing, I have them, at least right now, somewhere in the neighborhood of about 10 wins. Um, and I think that's very realistic because I have them splitting with, with Washington, with Philadelphia, and New York. I, I don't have them sweeping any of them. And they still get 10 wins. So I think that Dallas is easily going to win the division and make the playoffs next year. Whoa. Easily win the division? Easily win the division with double-digit wins. No, I'd like to
2: have a bet on that
0: one. Okay, what would you Cheese like steak? to bet, Jerry?
3: think <laughs> I would just like to say.
0: Well, no, 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 what would you like to bet, Jerry?
2: Well, first of all, hold on, what's, what's the bet? That they'll win
0: the division? Because I yeah, don't think sh- they're going to win the, the division. The Redskins well, are winning the division. I know they're not going to win the division. There's no way. Okay, it, Jerry, right? it, what are the stakes? What are you putting up here?
2: Well, I like my steaks medium, so uh, <laughs> so what I'm saying when you don't win the division, you have to come down here and make me dinner and, and my steaks are medium.
0: okay, what do I get if I win?
2: I'll come to Pennsylvania and I'll make your steak medium done.
0: Oh, J- Jerry they're, shaking shaking hands. Hands. they're shaking hands right now. Okay, so that de- that de- that
2: uh, agreement is made. I need to get this contract signed and to my attorneys.
3: You sure you don't want me to edit that out? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Listen, first Look, of, all I, I, first of, first of I, all, I think the, I think the Washington Redskins. What, what? <Commanders. laughs> no, I can't say it. I can't do it. First, I, think, I think the Washington
2: Redskins have a very good shot of winning the division next year. Okay before i was rudely cut off by somebody at this table
0: was i that me? was no it was not you rich. Oh, it was
2: not evan it was not rich but oh. here's the deal i am this, this statement right I, here I, washington ah, commanders Fox. will win the division washington commanders will make the playoffs washington well, washington look, commanders if, 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 will win the nfc sta-
1: championship game if your first statement is correct i know your second statement will be correct
2: no, <laughs> if they win the division, they will definitely make the playoffs <laughs> and win the Nash, win the championship game. Like what like the Super Bowl, the like NFC the, championship the game? The they NFC will go game? to the Super Bowl. After you win the division, you make the playoffs. You eventually go win the championship game. Hey, why don't we start with just winning the division? <laughs> okay, I, I would just like to say I just want my stakes medium. <laughs>
1: Okay. They have a very good shot. The, the NFC East is a very very subpar division, so
2: that helps. Right. And the Dallas Cowboys have a subpar quarterback. The last Everybody the last, the last
1: two seasons, it was Washington that won the division and it was Dallas that won the division. So I
3: would it, just like to say if Dallas has a weak schedule, I'm picking Dak Prescott cuz that's the only way I get a good fantasy football team. I was number one in the league before he went out with that silly Okay, injury.
0: nobody cares about your fantasy. That's football That's my team. one good nobody year. Nobody cares about that's your my fantasy
3: one
1: good football. Year. Team. We got Frank Junior here talking about his fantasy football team on Dad a podcast I, for a season. Averaging 50 he's talking points. about
0: a, a fantasy football team from two years ago. <laughs> hey, look, that's if, if how good if Frank's they fantasy were.
1: football team was any good two years ago. <laughs> Frank would still be talking about that fantasy <laughs> yeah.
0: football team. All right, all right, all right. Okay, we are going to wrap this this podcast up. Um, and when we wrap it up, we talk about our church. we Our church is the first Baptist Church of Phillipsburg. We meet on Sunday mornings at ten o'clock at eight ten Red School Lane in Phillipsburg, right off of uh, Red School Lane and Belvedere Road, right between there. If you can find those are the kind of they're kind of very important uh, arteries in terms of roads through uh through that area of Phillipsburg or Lopatcong Township, whatever you want to say there. So they're both easy to find roads is what I'm trying to say. And so we meet at eight ten Red School Lane at ten o'clock in the morning. And you, uh, you can. we would love to see you in person. Uh, you'll be greeted very warmly. We're a very friendly church. We'd love to see you. Come on out and uh, meet us. Meet, uh, Frank will be there for you. And I'll be there. By the time you hear this podcast, I'll be there the following Sunday. So everything will work out great. And we really would love to see you. Pastor Tim, Pastor John, Pastor Doug, we want to shout you out and thank you. Uh, say thank you for all that you do. Ali Goszewski. you work very tirelessly. We're very thankful for you. Um, and working with our kids and the children's ministries. Uh, We also want to tell you about our church website. If you're not in the Lehigh Valley area and and coming in person is not really an option for you, uh, we want to let you know that you can access all of our church services and lots of information about our church and all the activities and things we have for people of all ages on our website. The web address is www.fbc, as in First Baptist Church, Uh, at www.fbcpberg, that's p-b-u-r-g, dot .org, fbcpberg.org. And you can go on there and you can find out all that information. You can watch our services live or you can watch previous services. You can uh, watch the whole thing, audio and video, or you can just listen to the audio version of them, whichever you may choose. Um, there's all kinds of uh, previous sermons and services available there in the archives, but the thing we always try to point out every week is the communication card. You can fill out the communication card if you're somebody that's in any kind of need or you need somebody to talk to or, so, or you need something that you'd like us to pray for. Uh, we Just fill out that communication card. You can leave your information. You can remain anonymous, and we will be happy to pray for whatever you need. We want, really want to be a blessing to you. That's the whole point of a church. We're not... Uh, just some sort of country club or, or social club, we are here to try to make a difference for the Lord Jesus Christ in people's lives. So if you need somebody to talk to, you need uh, to share a prayer request, or you're in need of some assistance or something and you're in the, within the Lehigh Valley area, we would love to talk to you and potentially try to help you in any way that we can. So please check us out either in person on Sunday mornings at 10 at 10 a.m. or at www.fbcpberg.org. So we want to thank Rich for pushing all the bright buttons and making us look and sound good. Hey,
3: Smiley,
1: can I say something about the church real quick? Just sure. to finish this off. I can say I'm not in the Lehigh Valley area. I'm down in Virginia. But you're not going to find a more genuine person than Pastor Tim Pine. Uh, the church also has a Facebook page. Um, like I said, I, I'm not, uh, in the area, but I do listen to, uh, pastor Tim Pine. Uh, he does a, a preview the the night before his services. And then the church itself actually gets together on a Facebook live, uh, for prayer time. And I think that's really, really neat. Um, so just another plug for the church, um, you know, from down here in Virginia, uh, we love you, pastor Tim Pine and, uh, you know, that's, that's what I'd like to say.
0: We're very thankful for him and his, his tireless work uh, trying to be a blessing to people and lead people to uh, be more, make more and better followers of Jesus. So thank you, Pastor Tim. <clears throat> so, without any further ado, I want to thank uh, Rusty for coming and joining us in our silliness. Jerry, always thank you uh, for being part of this. My dear friend Josh, thank you uh, for being part of this and being a, a semi-regular part of this with your golf reports. So without any further ado, Frank always ends off by saying, may the love of Christ fill your hearts, and then I go, Peace. <laughs>
3: Baseball, tennis, basketball, even sports exotic. Oh, you get guys in soccer, ran if it's a sport, they've got it. Yeah, they have weird conversations about anything they think. Oh, they have so much in common, it's like their brains are in sync. Twins. We got Fox with the jokes, we got Frank with the knowledge. Oh, they care about all ages. They talk about pro in college. Is they have that high quality content talking about the teens with their big boy shoes and their big boy dreams on. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, you know who it is. Sports Fellowship.
0: Number one.
3: Follow Fox and Frank now.